This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus Podcast. Keep right on. Oh, right, welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast. Um, I, I can't really explain what I've just seen from Jamie, but uh, we'll brush over that. So that's uh... <laughs> but yeah, welcome back to the Blues Focus. <laughs> welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast. Um, this week I'm joined by Jamie and Zach. Good evening, boys. How are you? All good. All good. Good man. Sound. Sound. A couple of days off now, so I'm just chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I've got half term as well this week. So, um, well, it's not half term. It's like continuing development week, you know, as they sort of phrase it. Um, so, um, yeah, it's um, off the back of a losing defeat. It's uh, losing defeat is the same fucking thing. Um, but yeah, disappointing game on Saturday. We kind of lost a little bit of momentum from the Burnley game. Um, but we've got a bit of a um, for the first time, it feels like a bit of a disagreement on the podcast because Jamie, uh, I think Zach as well, feels like we play pretty well. And uh, although I, I, although I know that we played well and we had good spells, I don't think we played particularly well. Uh, so, boys, uh, we'll start with you, Jamie. Actually, what, how do you feel like we played on the uh, the game on Saturday? I feel like we were tired, especially the first half. We looked the first twenty minutes to let them have that first goal was for Paul in defending, but I'd say. Coming into before that first goal went in, you've got Chong in the post, you've got Hogan going for on goal a couple of times. I all the play was us, I think, in terms of the probe and attacking play was us. We were sitting back on the counter and it was working until they scored. I think I just I don't know, I'm I weren't at the game, so I don't see what you see. Do you know what I mean? I just mm. saw it via obviously my computer, but for me it just looked like we pressed most of the game and dominated most of the game. They would crapping themselves at the end and they were they yeah. are lucky to walk away with three points and it's the first time in a long time I've been happy with the performance and annoyed at a loss yeah I, yeah I I definitely agree the fact that we we definitely pushed them um I just think though that we don't create enough really we we have a lot of the ball um but particularly on Saturday Chong was a little bit off you know he kept controlling miscontrolling the ball kept giving the ball away um and I feel like we're playing some decent stuff, but we sort of get stuck into minds at times. And I feel like 
players like Bielik and Bakuna sort of get pushed out of the game or what it feels like anyway. Excuse me. Um, it, it just sort of like we don't get the ball to Hogan enough. We don't get the ball to Deeney enough. We need that sort of we need that bit where we, we're always on the attack and the ball's always with the strikers. It's always sort of in the middle of the pitch in those type of games. And when you see it on, um, when you saw it on Wednesday night, when we had chances, it was always in and around the box. It wasn't like when we had opportunities to put the ball through, like it was on Saturday, it got closed down or we miscontrolled it and then the ball would break down and then they'd have an attack. Whenever Blackburn, were on the break the ball would it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be an attack that would wouldn't be finished you know like those attacks where the player intercepts it and then they take the attack on mm-hmm. it, it would it would always get to their strikers and they'd miss it Breton Diaz would miss it or Gallagher would miss it or in his case at one point he did score um which we'll touch on actually because Gallagher did a, a celebration that we're not very happy with um sure. so I feel like it was a good performance particularly for a team that's joint top of the league, I think, still. Um, but I feel like we need that little bit more sharpness, that little bit more switched on towards the bits of the game where we absorb a bit of pressure. Um, because you're right, we did start the game very well, but it wasn't it wasn't very long until they scored afterwards. So when Hogan had that shot at the keeper and when Chong hit the post, that was that was in the first 10 minutes. But then they score pretty much five minutes later. So it's like... We've gone on and had a bit of an attack, but then when we need to absorb some pressure, within those next five minutes, we've conceded. So it's like, you know, that's the kind of thing we need to do. We need to get better at. If we if we concede, it would have been like we we should have done like what we did against Burnley. So when they finally did score, it was into the second half, deep into the second half. So I, it must just be like conceding early. I don't know what it is about that. Whenever we seem to concede early, it's always like downhill from there. Um, I mean, the Rotherham game is a perfect perfect example, really. When we conceded early, there was just like nothing else happened from that point onwards. And, and that's why it was kind of positive to see us get back into the game. You know, Hogan, good finish from Hogan. Um, I, like I said on the vlog, I'm trying to cut him a little bit of slack because I do get picked up for moaning about Hogan um, a lot. But I, 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 it's only because I wanted to do well, of course. And I feel like he has done well this season. Um so yeah, I've talked a little bit there. So Zach, what did you think to the game? Yeah, I I agree with both of your point of views. To be fair, I think I agree with you, Jamie. And overall, I think it was a good performance given the amount of games there's been recently and the caliber of Blackburn side. Mm. I think we put in a good showing. To be fair, I mean we created plenty of chances. I think we had seventeen shots in the end or something. So whilst our finishing wasn't there, our chances created were good. Um, but I agree with Tommy in the sense where that. At times, we were a little bit sloppy, whether, like I said, that's just because we're playing so many games at the moment and players are tired. I don't know. Nerves, who knows? But at, at times, I agree, we were sloppy. Um, I think, again, it's nice to see us getting back into games because I think I said it last time, a year or so ago, we go 1-0 down, 2-0 down, game over, there's zero chance. So it's nice to see us go a go- two goals down, but actually look like coming back into the game and scoring. Um, but overall, I thought the performance was decent. It's it's about what I expected, to be honest. I expected us to go there and give a good showing, given our form. Um, I think I said on the poll, I didn't expect to win. And obviously, we didn't get that. But in terms of Blackburn and how they're doing this season, I think overall, it, it was decent. Mm. Yeah, I think we can all agree that we were wasteful in front of goal. You know, I think that's yeah. what we all three of us have said in those little bits there. Um I just feel like 
again, try not to be too critical of the misses that we had. You know, I just feel like though that any other striker in the championship would score those chances. If it was Mitrovic, you'd know that he you you would kind of almost accept it, and it would be a bit of a surprise if the keeper. Mitrovic walks away the match ball in that game. Mm. Yeah, we we were saying before the pod as well. If we had a Che Adams up front, we would have won that game, no doubt. I think Hogan, like I said, I think it's his best season in a blue shirt so far. But on Saturday, he could have had two, three, even four goals. I think there were a few opportunities. He had a couple of one-on-ones, didn't he? Yeah. That he did waste. But if 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 that Hogan was replaced with the 2018, whatever, 2019, Che Adams, it, yeah, we would have picked up all three points. And it wasn't like he wasn't upset about those missed chances. I remember obviously picking it up in the game. You don't see it on the vlog because um, obviously there's a lot to pick up in terms of the crowd and the opposition and the players on the pitch and everything. Um, but I, I immediately saw once he missed that, so, you know, his head dropped into his hands. And even at the end of the game, he sort of he came over and clapped the fans immediately. And it was off down the tunnel after that. And he was, you could see he was devastated by it. And he really wanted to keep up that good run of form. And, and although he did score, you know, to to take the, every chance he gets, you know, it's important for him being a goal scorer, being a poacher. Um, and so I'm not, I'm, I, I've never criticised his effort and work rate. Um, you know, he's always been very hardworking. He's always cared. I just feel like that, you know, sometimes his ability does let him down, but that's okay because things like that happen in football. Um, and to see him upset and frustrated with himself, um, obviously, like I said, with his head in his hands and everything, I feel like that's fair enough. You know, he's, you know, he, he's he, he's tried to score. It's not like he's not tried to score. It's just that the keepers came out who had a blinder Kaminsky. I feel like he was... Up there, oh, he was man of the match yeah. for Blackburn. Yeah, yeah so he I feel was. like he he was very good goal, very good goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it tells a story that Kaminsky got man of the match, doesn't it? I think in terms of you saying there that oh, you pick on Hogan a lot. I think I think there's probably a reason for that, and why most Blues fans do. I think in terms of what Hogan's asked for to do for this Birmingham City team, his sole role in that side is simply to score goals, and I'd say he's a little bit different from the likes of Deeney and Duke because they're asked to hold the ball up a little bit more, mm. come back defensively because of their strength, win headers in the box, both attacking and defensive. Hogan's sole role in that Blues team is to score goals. And when he's not doing that, when he's not doing his job, it can be frustrating. Yeah. So I think that's probably why Hogan does get the brunt of the blame a lot of the time. Don't get me wrong. He he, he should have scored more than one at the weekend, despite how well he's doing at the moment. But I think it's quite easy to pick on him at times because... He, he, he often doesn't do his job as he should be. Um, frustrating for us and frustrating it for him, I'm sure, because he knows he should have got more at the weekend. But yeah, he's, he can be easy to target, I think, just because he doesn't always do his job. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a hard one to sort of... Yeah, I completely agree, actually. Yeah, because it's, it's, he's only got one job as such. You know, he doesn't get picked up for his um, work, work right up front um, like mm-hmm. Deeney does when he's closing down players and he's winning winning throws like he did on the weekend I thought that was great when he came on Dini and he um, won that weird sort of throw that sort of bounced off the corner flag and went out for a corner mm-hmm. ball I thought that was great from him um, excuse me um, yeah it's it's with when you see Duke and Dini it's like you can pick up on that even if they don't score it's like yeah solid game today but if Hogan doesn't score sometimes it's kind of like yeah well poor game then but he could have done exactly the same as Duke and Dini but because that's not his role, like you say, you know, it's, yeah, I do feel sorry for him. I really do. And I, I don't, 
in the heat of things sometimes you can say things that probably you don't really mean afterwards and i feel like that's quite often with hogan because i sometimes just go oh fuck off you know that shit <laughs> and uh, i i do do that a lot and uh, but there again like everybody does when they're at the games you know it's it's an yeah. instinctive reaction it takes over you you get frustrated with things and you say something shit but only it's when you it's with my case i can't go back and edit that and change that what i've said because it's already been said so you know i can't then not put the what i've been saying now on the vlog i can't do like a voiceover saying well you know i i do criticize hogan and you know do that sort of yeah. essay on myself it's sort of like that, that that's what sort of the vlog is it's very like in the moment sort of thing it's like a piece in time almost it's like this happened here that's what mm -hmm. happened on the day these podcasts are more like a reflection on those things so like mm -hmm. when we're talking about them now we go yeah Hogan he was better you know he could have scored that goal but there again fair play for him to get in the goal and mm -hmm. and I, I feel like that sort of shows with the um, reaction I had at the game as well a lot of people saying like you know wasn't that bad you know stop whinging I saw one of the comments saying I was like well I, I'm not whinging but I see why you think that because it does look like that but Again, that's only at the time when I got back in the car, I started having a chat with my dad and my brother and saying, uh, maybe we played better than I thought we did. Maybe I need to have a look. Actually, I said this to you guys as well on the group chat as well. I said that maybe I need to look over the highlights again. And looking over the highlights again, we did play pretty well at times. But I still remain my point saying that we should have played better, really, because, I mean, the second goal really stood out for me. I, mean, I don't know about yeah. you two. Yeah. The time allowed for him to turn and yes. take that shot into the far corner i mean unlucky to john ruddy he still got pretty close to it he was never going to save it but you know it's 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 stuff like that i don't know like jamie what do you think about that second goal because i thought that was poor so too. avoidable we let them yeah. have way too much time and and i think that might be counterproductive with wednesday against burnley where we put so much work right in and so much effort I loved how Bakuna played. I thought he had a decent game, but I think at the same time you could see how much Hannibal was missed. Oh, 100%. In that first half. 100%. So, that side where they were just breaking down it. And I was watching every pass and I was like, just please tackle him. Someone put a foot in. Someone yeah. push it in. Why is no one pushing it in? Great fucking 2 0. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, 100%. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think the first goal from Blackburn was a decent goal, to be fair. It was a nice ball down the right. I don't think there was a load we could have done differently. The second goal, I completely agree. I think that was, I think it was Austin Trusty sort of just let him get closer and closer and closer. And don't get me wrong, it's a good finish. I don't necessarily expect him to score from there. But yeah, we, we should have closed him down better. But I, I agree, the fact that we did miss Hannibal. I'm surprised he didn't start really because I saw mm -hmm. the team come out. And I was like, is he injured or something? Like, I think, obviously, we know Eustace is very adaptable. You know, the starting eleven each week seems to change, which is fine. But I was very surprised to not see Hannibal start. I'd like mm. to think about what his thoughts for that lineup were. You know, not because it was a bad lineup, of course, because you know, I think I think any lineup we stick out at the moment looks good. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like, particularly against a very, I don't want to say possession based, because I don't feel like they did that much, but. But a strong the attacking Wells... side for sure. They're definitely yeah. a strong attacking side. So mm. I think a more defensive midfield would have been better. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I mean, Bakuna can do defensive roles as well, can't he? So yeah, maybe it was yeah. a bit too attacking. You know, Chong and Bakuna and only Bielik sitting in that midfield three, and then you've mm. got Chong up front. Uh, well, Hall played the Hogan and Hall. Oh, Hall, that's it. Yes, yeah. of course. I was, I was one player short again on my fan hub, honestly. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I do I think we genuinely did do okay. Um I'd like to think maybe if it weren't fatigue and Troy and Scott start up top yeah. and Chong moves back into that kind of role he plays, I think we win that game or we draw it. Mm. I think, you know, given and I'm not saying anything bad about Chong, I thought he tried and his effort was there, but his touch, like we've said, and his finishing was on. Mm. But I think if you give Troy the chance that Chong had, it's one 0 Oh, one well, yeah, yeah. Because that's the Premier League class and Troy right. Deeney. The experience is there with him. Right, yeah, it was do I think um, I think the subs might have been a little bit late. For the first time I'm gonna whinge about something, but I think I was screaming from about the sixtieth minute, Troy, Hannibal, get them on. Like mm-hmm. we're battering the team. This is the time you full send it now and get these boys on like Hundred percent, hundred percent. And like I said, I I was surprised to see Hannibal dropped. I do get it though, because I was surprised to see, obviously, Bakuna dropped after that uh, fantastic performance against Hull. So it it shows that almost no one in this Blues team is safe in a way. Mm. You could have a cracking performance one week, but it, it's quite a nice problem to have the fact we've got this depth that we can afford to drop. You know, last season, if Bakuna put in a performance like that against Hull, he'd start for the rest of the season under Bowie, mm. you know, no matter what he does, wouldn't he? But yeah. it's nice to have... You know, even if someone does have a good performance, it's nice to have those backups and just to change things and get, you know, teams will assess us. They'll do their analysis the week before. So to then give them something a bit different to think about on the weekend, like I think it's good management, to be honest. Which is perfect. Yeah. It's a good sort of, um, I don't think of the word, it's like an eye-opener almost for Eustace as well, though, because he's he's seen what works against certain teams, certain um, different styles and teams. And maybe it feels like maybe George Hall's quite not quite ready to start a game just yet. Um, because although he did well and everyone did well in their own way, it's just like you could tell that he was more impactful when he came on. Yeah. He did against yeah. Burnley. I've, yeah, I think I said that in the last podcast. George Hall is certainly at this stage in his career being so young, he's certainly a more impact impactful player when he comes off the bench compared to when he starts. Maybe it's just that energy he brings in the last 10 minutes of the game. I don't know. But George Hall is certainly a better player when he comes on compared to starting the game. Yeah. I, I don't know how to say it. Um, do you guys think that we kind of focus too hard on stopping Bertrand Diaz from scoring that we just shit ours and let Gallagher have his goal? In terms yeah. of we were focusing so much on Diaz that we forgot about the other guy. Yeah. That first goal, just like, how the fuck has he got that much space? I can't really remember it to be honest. There's a it was like a ball across goal, side. and he's just literally yeah. ran and tapped it into an empty net. And I'm just like, oh, jeez. Yeah, like, oh. I saw I saw Sanderson behind Gallagher for that goal, but from what I saw, Sanderson couldn't get in front of him in time. I didn't see where Trusty or Dean were in in the build up to that goal. To be fair, I didn't pick up on it. From from my point of view, it just looked like a goal that we couldn't have done much about. But now you mention it. He did have a lot of space, Gallagher, didn't he? And for and someone who didn't know, have much in that game, really. No, he was quiet, wasn't he? And it looks yeah. like we were set up to be like, right, there's the danger man. Get to him. I get what you're saying, yeah. And obviously, anyone who played with Sam Gallagher under that era, like if Harley Dean was there, was he there when Sam Gallagher yeah, was there? He was, yeah. He probably didn't mark him to do was like he was fucking shit for us. So there's no point marking yeah. him. He couldn't score, he couldn't hit a barn door. He was absolutely hopeless for us. And, to, and the fact that he ran away with his sort of cup in his ear like that. So I'm like, mate, you you were absolutely appalling for us. You, you could barely, you, like you say, you could, couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. It was just genuinely like you, you scored a couple of tap-ins. You're still pretty shit now. 
you play in front of what four thousand fans at home every single game who were <laughs> just just as appalling as you were for us. You know, it's like I don't know. It's, it was a weird sort of game, really. Um, and I, I I don't think that we should have conceded either of those goals. Um, but we did, and we didn't we didn't score enough as well, and that's why we lost the game, and that's why I feel like we deserve to lose that game because in, in previous games where we played against, like we've got a point against Watford, we've lost to Norwich, we've took them to the very end, and it's us who've conceded late on or stuff like that. But when we get back into games, yes, it's great to see, but almost I I almost prefer us throwing it away or losing it because it's like we took the game to them in that time. Yeah. It was like with the 10 minutes left when Hogan scored, it was like, oh, now we've shown up. Why now? You know, that if you, I don't know. It's 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 a weird one to sort of explain, but it, that's kind of how I felt. It was like, great, we've equalised, but why do we have to leave this? So, like, we've already had chances in the game before to bring it back. So, I don't know. Yeah, it was an I, odd game. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I feel second half, we certainly showed more attacking threat. I think... To be honest, I think the whole game we showed a decent amount of attacking threat. I agree with you, Tommy, though. The last 10 minutes is when we really turned it on. Mm. Whether Blackburn were sitting deeper and weren't pushing for because they certainly weren't pushing for another goal, their aim was just to completely hold that lead. So whether that made us look a more attacking side, I don't know. I mean, I think it is telling that we had 17 shots. I mean, that's I can't remember the last time I've seen Blues have that many shots in a game. I think we had more think, possession as well. Yeah, as we the had 60 percent 57 percent something like that so we were the dominant side whether we should have won i don't know but certainly at least a point Mm. for our attacking you know opportunities and the way we kept the ball for me a hundred percent we deserved at least a point from that game yeah i mean i can see why i i i I don't agree but i can see why you would think that i just feel like Mm. if we deserved a point We'd have kept the ball better. We'd have created better chances than the ones we had. Mm. You know, there was the, the only two I can really think of that we didn't score from. Oh, no, three, sorry. Uh, the the Chong hitting the post, post in literally like the first minute or whatever. Yeah. Hogan's chance in the second half where he puts it yeah. straight at the keeper. And the same with Bakuna when they had that chance. In chances that we created for ourselves, I can't really remember any. But I can remember loads from the Burnley game on the Wednesday nights. You know, the one that mm. um, Longello made down the left-hand side. Deeney puts it through to Colin. Then there's the one in the second half where Longello at the back post. Um, Duke a couple of times as well. Like I can remember a few times against the Burnley against Burnley on that night. But the, the mm. th- compared to three that we were kind of. Then the other ones we had like were like snapshots, really. That's why we kind of mounted to 17. So like to say that as a stat is why we deserve to draw. I don't really see that as why. I mean, I, maybe Duke mm. as well at the end. Um, but that was yeah. about it, really. Like four, yeah. four main chances. We only took one. I'd, I'd, yeah, I, I, it, we were wasting in front of goal because I think we couldn't score three or four. Because you're right, Hogan had that chance in the first half as well. Remember that sort of tick attack of football? I can't remember mm. if you played the back heel. But that's one chance. Chong's yeah. chance, Juki's chance at the end. Bakuna had two shots. He had one from inside the box in the first half and then one from range second. There was yeah, that one. Was there was Hogan's that, second yeah. half chance as well. I'd say, genuinely, we had six or seven opportunities where on another day we genuinely would have scored them. I think... Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think, I, I think our chances created were fine. I think we did really well there. It's just our finishing. And we've... It's not the first time we've said that last season. I think against Middlesbrough, I want to say. 
mm. we were similar and a few other games this season where we just could have scored more than well definitely than against we Wigan that's for sure so would you say a striker in January is something to look at? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's, I think so. I think it, it, it's, it's with like Choi and Hogan at the moment. That's about it, isn't it? Because Duke is what, yeah. as much as I love him, I, I want to reiterate this just in case this ever gets clipped mm-hmm. up properly. Um, I, I love Djokovic, but his time has come up because that header he had, it was like it went in slow motion, honestly, because at the time it felt like it went on forever. The ball coming in the box, he sort of heads it and then the ball just sort of slowly moves across and the Kaminsky passes mm. it out for a corner. I just like if he was four years younger, that would have flown into the back of the net. He would have absolutely bullet headed that into the bottom corner and we that, that away end would have gone absolutely mental. Um that, that and that's why I feel like we need a new striker in, in January. Um because who knows, we might need it. I mean we were vaguely talking about this before the pod as well you know if Bielik goes in January if Bakuna's interested by a few Premier League teams in January mm-hmm. you know how are we going to change the team it's kind of like how we were last season when Riley McGree went when Dion Sanderson went when Matthias Sarkic went the team sort of fell apart after that so yeah. if, if this is something that the board are going to have to consider if this does happen again if Bielik does go back to Derby if a Premier League mid, uh, mid to low Premier League team takes Bakuna you know what we're going to do you know if if god forbid one of our players one of our key players gets injured as well you know these are backup plans that the board are going to have to consider and the uh, the manager's going to have to consider he's going to have to bring up names so you know it's 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 kind of how it is really Mm, yeah I think um I think a striker is much needed the thing is it only takes one or two injuries as well let's say Deeney gets injured and Hannibal Mabry gets injured, you know, then the squad's looking quite depleted just mm. after two injuries. I yeah. think defensively we're fine, in my opinion. We have I I rate take we have the likes of Tate Campbell, Marcel Oakley, Williams as well. You Gordon. know, we've got yeah, Graham. We've we've got we've got options there defensively. Midfield wise, I think if Bielik goes, we need to bring someone in. If not, I think we'll be okay, Jordan. Yeah. Jordan James as a backup who comes on. George Hall sometimes yeah. plays midfield. I think midfield-wise will be because, you know, we've got to spend our... If we do spend, we've got to put it in the right areas because, you know, we don't have millions of pounds floating about. So, I think mm. if Bielik stays, we can get away with not getting in another midfielder. If he goes, I think we need it. And certainly, yeah, completely agree. Another striker needed, A, just in case there's an injury, B, who knows, they could be the player to bag us 20 goals in a season, couldn't they? Mm. That'd be great. Mm. I mean, Jamie, do you want to do the uh, biggest club legends that we've got here just before we get onto the QPR game? Oh, our little discussion. Yeah. So obviously we had um, who's a bigger club legend, Jude Bellingham, Lucas Djukovic or Chai Adams? And did we all kind of agree? Well, I, I don't know, you know. Oh. I think... Oh god, this is difficult now because I've got I'm going between two. I'm going between Che and Duke. Because although Jude is a, a proper blues legend in terms of like him being going on to be the best player in the world, I just don't see him as big a player as Che Adams or Lucas Djukovic. And I'm trying to decide between Duke or Che. And I don't know. It's really difficult. 
It is tough, isn't it? That's why I wanted to bring this up because I saw it the other day and I, I picked one at first and I thought about it and I picked another. It's, it's a tough one, isn't it? <sighs> Jamie, on what? Farm. Djukovic. What? Duke, yeah. For me, for me as well, Djukovic for me, yeah. No, it's Djukovic. He, don't get me wrong, Che was phenomenal and he's one the first drugs to get us 20 plus goals in a season for a very long time. Mm. But you know, he you know, he weren't there long and Jude kept us basically from probably liquidation by when we sold him for 26 mil. Mm. So he'll always be a hero for that. I I hope that one day he returns. But Luka Djukovic basically spearheaded us, in my opinion, to three survivals. Mm. Yeah, and that might have convinced me actually. I'm gonna go with Duke. Because I think that Che always had the uh, the potential to go on and be a great player as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas Duke, he was coming towards the end of the season. He had a bit of a disappointment with Burnley and coming to us and proving his points and getting so many goals. I mean, how many is he, How many goals has he scored for us? What, Duke? Yeah. He must oh, be I, didn't he get 50 last season at some point? Or was that something? Mm, let me have a look. It might be fifty or something like that. So I yeah. think he, I think he hit fifty last season, um, which is astonishing, got, isn't it? It's like so he scored eight goals when he was on loan with us in twenty games, and he scored a further forty-eight after that. So I'd love to know how many are headers, how oh, many dragons. <laughs> Almost I'm gonna guess about sixty percent. And that is something I do moan about with Djukovic. Again, not trying to be critical, but Djukovic's feet, I've never... No, he, he just can't use them, honestly. He's left-footed, fair enough, but just he can't use his feet. He can't... He just... Uh, one free kick, I think I've seen him score with his feet. Everything else has been with his head. I genuinely... uh, is that when we used to roll it and he just smacks it? Yeah, it is. It's against rather than that free kick is. The other two... Are... Oh, no, the other one is with his foot as well. you got a header and a two ones with his feet but it was a tap in and a free kick so again not taking it away from him because the guy's an absolute legend but it the, the, it's mostly headers let's be honest I, I do agree that sort of stuff like that yeah but so we yeah, do love Duke do we feel a lot if he goes he deserves a testimonial yes yeah. I do yeah I know, been, I know it's meant to be 10 that. years but I'd mm. still think he needs it deserves it doesn't he he's been with us since 2016 and he's Scored some important goals for us. He's been a great mm. servant. He's been loyal. He's, yeah, 100% deserves it, 100%. And we all know it as fans, even if we're 3-0 down and Jukovic scores a tap and we'll all go mental because it's yeah. Jukovic. Loving it, loving it. If Duke was to have a testimonial, who would come back to play in it? Jackson. Oh, yeah. Jackson yes. I've been loving his YouTube this. videos recently. They're good, aren't they? He just yeah. uploaded. I haven't watched it yet. I think him reacting to the Blues Blackburn game. So I'll have to watch that. That came out like an hour ago, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, I was watching a little bit before. What are the odds that he'd be watching something like this? Jax, if you are, mate, like, do you want, do you want we'd to love on? to have you on. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, there'd be sure. so much to talk about, wouldn't there? There'd be so much to talk about. Yeah, we could talk to him about Rowett and Monk and what it was like under Clotet and his departure mm-hmm. from the Blues and everything. Yeah, we'd love to have you on, mate, honestly, because it would be great to have a proper chat, um, talk about the Blues um, and, yeah, anything. So, yeah, we'd love to have you on, yeah. He was a hero. Um, he was so yeah, good. quality, yeah. I, I just <laughs> think that he was one of those players who always got overlooked, really, with the Blues. Because although he was, uh, you got the player of the season in the 17-18 season, 
I always felt he did so much better as well because like every single time that he got on the counter attack, he just fucking flew away every oh, single yeah, time. He, he had was so much player. pace on him; it was wicked. It was like and he was skillful as well. Like he yeah, just yeah, out really of the game, good like... skillful player. Yeah, and I think um, oh, I think it was this one. There was one season I remember. It, well, I remember it really well. On the whole, I think there was a game. Oh, who was it under? I can't remember now. It escapes my mind, but it was quite an important game. And uh, I think Jonathan Grounds and him scored. We were at home. I'm trying to think who we played that day. I think we won 2-0. Might have been a Huddersfield or a Blackburn, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. But I remember he picked up the ball from like halfway. Yeah, dribbled, dribbled around a few players and scored. I really can't remember who it was against. I remember his goal against Sheffield United, which was under Monk at the end of the 17-18 season. Robert really? scored in the first half after Mark Duffy had scored for Sheffield United. It went in 1-1 and then he scores on the break to make it 2-1. I was literally mm. right down the front for, to watch that. Um, that's the one I'm thinking of. I don't know about 2-0 or anything. Let me have yeah. a look. I remember Jonathan Grounds definitely scored that day. Yeah. I've got a feeling it might have been Huddersfield. I, I think it was the season that Chase... Do you remember the last day of the season we played Bristol City? And Chase um, scored, yeah. Yeah, I, I reckon think... it might have been a game before them. Yeah, well, uh, the Huddersfield game that season, Ground scored from the back post after Duke missed the penalty. And yes, then Gardner that was scored the from a penalty. Was it Gardner? Yeah. Uh, yes, you're before. right. You're mm. right. Oh, I remember that game. I swear in the game I had a mazy run or something, though. That is, you're right. That's the game I'm thinking. But yeah, McGoma scored some good goals for us, didn't he? And and he, tell you what, at the time he was one of the few pacey players in the team, which was it was um yeah. was Cottrell there at the same time? Was it him as well? Cottrell oh. was there, I think. Yeah. Is this the seventeen eighteen season? Mm, maybe I'm thinking a little bit before that. Maybe the yeah. Before. He was another class player. He was. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, decent players. One of my good memories about Magoma scoring, actually. Um, actually, no, I've got two. Um, the first one's the Wigan away game, uh, when he gets that back post header and we win three 0 I mean, that game was just absolutely amazing. Like we're singing Christmas songs at halftime. It was that good. It was just like everything was going perfectly. And then the goal against Stoke on Boxing Day, I genuinely screamed when it flew into the back of the net. Mm. He took it on his right foot. He fucking hit it. And it's just something you could see it through, like just soar into the far top corner it made me scream I was just like what a goal that is I was is so confident we'd win that game it? as well yeah is that the one where he like dribbled through four people and blasted it near post into the roof of the net or what team no, is that no 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 that's the um one against the one against Stoke is the it sort of bubbles out and towards him and he takes it he's sort of hovering around the right on the edge of the box he takes it out on his right foot he just hits it far top corner past Butland it's the one where Omar Vogel scores that amazing oh yeah or whatever it was. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, that was, was an incredible day. Uh, any other players that we can think of? David Cottrell. David Cottrell. Yeah. <laughs> big, big Lee Camp. Yeah, Lee Camp oh, has to Lee go Camp. in, surely. Lee that's that's Michael, great shouts. Michael Morrison. Yeah, yeah Mike Mo- Oh, These are good shouts, Jamie. You know? The Gardeners, maybe. Craig Gardner, yeah. Gary Gardner, both of those. Jonathan Lee Bowyer. Lee Bowyer could go in, yeah. I have Zola managing one of them. <laughs> oh, Ike Croker is the other one. Yeah. Where's Harden, <laughs> maybe? Like maybe Wes. I don't know. Grounds, definitely. I'd Troy say... would probably do it, wouldn't he? I'd, I'd Lee go for... fucking Novak. Lee Novak. Oh. Did he play for the Blues at that time? God, be round about that time. 
I think he might have left just before that. So I'm not too sure. He might have done. Some other players we could get him for that. That would be really cool. Um, Royce Wiggins. Does anybody remember him? Yeah, when he got in there. Left back. Yeah, he played for he played for us one game. Was it against the Villa and got injured? Never played again. Genuinely, <laughs> like it was absolutely. He was wicked for that game as well. Yeah, it was a horrific injury, wasn't it? Yeah, David Davis. That's what. Yeah, yeah. yeah David. Kyfton Bell, maybe. Kyfton Bell, yeah, definitely, yeah. Shay, yeah. you could be up for it. Shay, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah there's there's loads. Duke's really played with a lot of players. He's been here for such a long time. Yeah, it feels yeah, like we just Harley. signed him. Yeah, Harley yeah. Dean. Yeah, I was about to say Harley Dean. Probably Colin as well. He's been here for years, and he. Do you remember Jota back? Jota, Jota's just retired from football. Yeah. Which is um he never should have gone to the villa. No, Honestly, it was in that, wasn't it? That in that deal for Gary Gardner. Yeah, I still was, wouldn't have done it? it though. You know, it's like they're offering we're we're going for Gardner, and you know we're we're trying to swap a player, and they're interested in you. You know, I just wouldn't have done it. You know, they they they've got promoted, yes, but it's like it was with Dean Smith. It it looked like the right decision at the time, but it's always. I, I always think that players that go from Blues to Villa or Villa to Blues it never really works out in the long term, really. No. I don't know about it, really. Mm. I think Gary Garner's the only sort of one that I'd say Gary Garner's been a decent servant for us, to be fair. Yeah. I'd say he's probably the only one that's, well, from memory, worked. that's worked out. But I remember Jota for Villa. I swear he scored one goal right at the start and then never played for them again or something like that. No, I can't yeah. fully remember. But shame, because before he came to us at Brentford, he had a phenomenal season, didn't he? And then, mm. sadly, his career just went downhill from there, didn't it? Yeah, it was a mental transfer window, that one was. <laughs> yeah. um, so many players, so many. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great, really. I think that Blues should really capitalise on something like that because... I was a little bit disappointed with the Peaky Blinders stuff last season because although it was good having the um the um scarves, which I will just point the camera over to there. Oh, it's just blacked out actually. Can I point it up there? Is that one the official band? Yeah, it's just above my there. Are you one of these scarf gates, are you? <laughs> no, I've only got two, don't worry. It was it was in our seats as well, so it wasn't like we went over and nicked them or anything. So they, they were are in our seats. But I feel like had we had like um do you know my do you know what I mean? Like if we had like um like a official kit for that day or something. Oh that like, would that would be so sick, cool. wouldn't it? I'd do anything I could to get my hands on like a one time Birmingham kit or something. Yeah. Like yeah, something like that would have been amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Even just like a replica of a kit that would have been worn back then. Do I you don't know. What know I mean? Yeah, completely. Been, much. What, yeah. When's that, that sort of set? When were the Peaky Blinders about, do you know? Uh, well, the Peaky Blinders would have been out before the original, the one on the TV series in 1919. But I always <laughs> thought they were in like the late late 1800s. That's why I always yeah thought they were. yeah. So, the Blues would have been around at that time, that's for sure. Yeah, they were. They mentioned it in like the first episode or something. Yeah. I think. No, I haven't watched much of it, but really? no, that that would have been amazing, wouldn't it? Just to have like a full Blues kit in. Oh. <sighs> I've watched the whole series about four times now. Have you? I yeah, need to get just... on it. I've watched um like the first three or four episodes and then I haven't touched it since. But no, nah, I will give it a watch. It's very I got dark. COVID it's back really... in April and I literally just spammed it. Yeah. 10 days <laughs> isolation, I just full sent it. That and Game of Thrones was done. 
<laughs> no, I've been uh, my mum and dad have been watching Breaking Bad recently as well. Man. You know, I was literally about yeah. to say I started <laughs> watching Peaky Blinders at the same time I watched Breaking Bad, and I could I had to finish Breaking Bad. It's that good, honestly. Mm. This is about blues, but I will just <laughs> say Breaking Bad is the best TV show made ever yeah. in all time. Gotta see it if you haven't. I don't know how we got onto this point, but um, oh no, it's because talking about replicates yeah. and uh, I th- I think that's what something blue should do because genuinely, if mm-hmm. kit sales get quite a loss, then if replicates kit sales for like a one-off events, mm-hmm. if we made like a special kit for Duke's um last uh, memorial game, I don't know, I don't know what it would look like or whatever, maybe like a big mm-hmm. head, big forehead on the <laughs> just as the sponsor. Imagine. Um, bringing implement certain rules for that game you can only score by a header you yeah, must cross the ball to the back yeah. post only left foot oh, finishes as well yeah, yeah. and Doy that's another player to get in yeah hey, that's a good shout bringing yeah. Doy back <laughs> sorted oh, man. you'll see the new clinical ability that he suddenly gained at Red, yeah. Red Star yeah. sorry he's levelled up you know he's levelled up fans <laughs> yeah. on top binge like right no Right, let's get this back to the modern day blues. Uh, we've got QPR on Friday night, um, just before Halloween. What are we all thinking about that game? Let's go to you, Zach, first. I mean, is a point good enough? Or should we aim for a win? Um, yeah, it's. I see it much like the Burnley game. I saw the Blackburn game as a little bit different, just being away from home and everything. Um, I'd like at least a point from that game. I think, for me, I do see Blackburn as drop points a little bit just because of the form we're on and the way we played I think a point is what we should because we've got five games before the World Cup now and it's not an easy run we've got QPR Stoke Millwall and I can't remember the others but I know they're tough games so we've got to be picking up points from these next five despite how tough they are if we want to go into the World Cup in a good position I think at least a point is what we should be aiming for all three but at least a point. Um, but I think, yeah, I think much like the Burnley, I think it will play out much like the Burnley game, to be honest. It, it won't be easy, but I could see us both getting goals. I could I could see another 1-1 draw, to be honest. Yeah, I'd be quite happy with that. What about you, Jamie? I think we win. Really? I always say this, I know, but I think <laughs> just there's got to be a response from that loss against Blackburn. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be. Um yeah, I just think it's there to win. Like, I think no team likes the players at St Andrews this season. I'd take a point. Do I believe we can get a three? I do. Mm. I don't think, you know, QPR are up there in the league and they've quietly done it. You know, like when we're at the Burnley game, it's one half time said, fucking hell, QPR's off the league. And I was like, mm-hmm. nothing <laughs> quite about that. Like, yeah, I, don't, uh, I can't really think who's in the, I can't really think who's in the team for the QPR. There's talk of Elias Chair going to Villa, actually, oh, which right. is something that sprouted up today. Maybe I don't we'll know injure him right before he goes there. Though. I know, I know. <laughs> Have they still got Lyndon Dykes as well? Is he still? Yeah, he here? definitely is there. I know that. Yeah. I think who else they got? No, I don't think I could tell you. I know that's sort of the, the attackers they've had. But is that Willock? They got Willock? I think they have him, yes. I'm not. We really should know more about this when it comes to my knowledge of other championship teams. I won't lie, because teams chop it, especially managers these days. I used to have a pretty good understanding of who was managing there, but these days I don't have a clue. No, I watched them the other night. I don't know who they were playing against. I can't remember. No, I've got Jake Hart Salter. Yeah, I know that as well. Yeah. Yeah, Oh wow. He was. Yeah. 
He's yeah, they played Luton Town. Elias Chair, Sam Field, Taylor Richards. They've got a domer. Oh, of course, he's definitely going to score. He scored Tyler, against us Tyler Roberts, season, Lyndon Dykes, Sinclair Armstrong. Yeah, they've still got a very strong kind of squad. Oh, that annoyed me as well last season. That fucking Adoma celebration. Stefan Johansson as well. They've got. He's not a bad little player in the middle. Mm. Mm. Was anybody there for that game last season? The QPR one. Was, there was when, it at home when Adoma started dancing in front of the fans once he scored? Oh, I think I was actually. I think I might have sat in the paddock something. Really? What was the score again? <laughs> we Do lost two one. Nico scored. It was on. I think I might have been. We should have got three points for Nico scoring. Yeah, no, genuinely, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, ref just needs to end the game. Maybe. Yeah, if Anike it... scores, you stop the game. Full yeah. stop. <laughs> Anike no. or Lecco, we should have won that game against Norwich in the cup. Yeah, ref just gone, lads. I know, I know you're still two. I don't, but Lecco's goal counts as seven. I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, with it takes. You know what my hot take is? I actually didn't mind Chucks and Anike. Yeah, I thought he was all right. Sure. I thought he was all right. I uh, think he was utilised badly under a management. Yeah, for sure. I, in in I, a better I, team. I've said it many times. I, you all know my opinion of when I lost respect for Bowen, it's because of Chucks and EK. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, don't when, ever when, tell me you're implementing pace by bringing on Chucks and EK and leaving Troy <laughs> Deeney on the bench. Don't no, ever, ever no. do that. No, like, he was... um. He, when he, whenever he used to come on for us, I always felt he had these created one opportunity or had one opportunity per game. I think, yeah, he was utilised poorly at Blues. I completely he had agree, his own but... gravitational pull. That's why he was an absolute mm. unit of a man. I know. <laughs> like absolute I know. tank. Where's he at now? Is he at Charlton? Charlton. Surely, yeah. Mm. I just... Yeah. No, we, we can't go back on players like that. You know, they didn't score goals for us. He scored two goals for us, didn't he, and EK? One was on the floor and... One was a pretty easy goal against QPR. He made it spectacular yeah. by smashing it into the roof of the net, but you know he didn't deliver as much as he should. He had wow. the same chance, so didn't he? Like five minutes later, though, and he yeah missed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> guess guess how old he is. This has just surprised me. Guess how old he is. Six or seven, I want to say. Tommy, what do you think? Twenty nine. Yeah, he's twenty nine. I thought oh, he was no. way younger. I was going to say twenty two, twenty three, or something. Twenty nine. Well, surprises what... me how young he is. Go, going a bit off topic, do you know how old Mitrovic is? He's not old, 25, yeah, 26. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I could not believe that when I saw that the other day. When I saw Mitrovic is 26 years of age, mm. blew my mind. I know, yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic striker. I mean, we've touched on him, touched on him a couple of times today, but, you know, he's someone who, in the championship, like when we faced him with the Quartet side... I mean, he was a good striker back then, but he wasn't nearly the striker he is now. I mean, like, no. he, I don't know what's happened to him in those times, but I don't know whether mm. that could happen to a few of our players, maybe. Mm, be nice, wouldn't it? Optimistically. It's nice, it's nice we don't have to face him in the championship this season, I won't lie. Or for a while, and he's doing... like going to stay up. Yeah, and he's doing wonders for my FPL at the moment, so if you can keep firing in the goals, oh, that would yeah. be good. But no... Phenomenal striker, isn't he? It'd be mm. lovely to have a striker like that. And I think someone like that would suit Blues to a T. Just a big striker, holds up the ball, good in the air. Oh, it'd be, yeah. be perfect. He'd be like be Brian great. Duke and Adams combined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And i tell you what, that, that, that Duke and Adams season, I didn't realise this, but Duke got 
double goals and double assists that season. Yeah, he, he was in like the power. He was in the power player team of the year, I believe. One of the yeah. only players to get double in both. He was yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Chay did so well in that team because of that game plan. Though it was literally, when in doubt, shit house a diagonal up to you. You's gonna yeah. nod it across goal, and Chay Adams is somewhere over there to just tap it in, and mm-hmm. it worked a treat. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't pretty football, really was it? But it no. worked, it was effective, and that's what I liked Rowett because it weren't the prettiest of football under Rowett, but you knew what you were getting. Four, two, three, one. Then two mm-hmm. midfielders, you Gleason and whoever else it would be would sit, the others would go, and when in doubt, just put it on Uke's head. Did we need a bit yeah. of that on Saturday? A bit yes. of a rougher football, yeah. I think we needed it, and I think we went rough too late. I think if we started the second half with Deeney and Alibaugh, Mm-hmm. I think that goal comes oh, earlier. They were not mm-hmm. comfortable. When ball started flying in the box, they were shitting bricks. And is that how you would plan for us to go up against QPR next? I think QPR are another team that likes playing nice football. And I think I think we just need to mimic how we did against Burnley. We need to mimic the Burnley performance mm-hmm. in terms of they're going to have a little bit extra of the ball. They've got a very good squad. But every time we press Burnley up the pitch against Burnley, we won the ball. Mm. High up, we pushed them and we won the ball. You know, and it could have been a bit of tactical brilliance by resting Hannibal in even 25 minutes because he will be like a dog on a bone again on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. And I think it's always the Friday night game is a little bit frustrating because you hate losing the Friday night game, don't you? Because you know you go into that weekend and teams are just going to start taking over you. But winning that Friday night game, oh, there's no better feeling, is there? And it was nice the last time we had a Friday night game. We were top of the fucking league at the end of the day, so it was great. <laughs> <laughs> That not happened for, like, a decade or something. <laughs> I know. I screenshot on my phone, don't even care. Yeah, just stop. that's the end of the season, that is now. We're stop the count. Stop. Yeah, stop no, it. It's... Two games yeah, played, we're up. <laughs> that's it, GG, it's over. Oh, man. Yeah, it's one of those um, games where I feel like it, it's all down to what team we start with. I feel like Hannibal has to start. I feel like mm-hmm. Dini has to start. I yeah. feel like we need to keep that back five as it is. Can't go changing it around. And I don't think Eustace will as well. Um, but, you know, it's no last-minute thoughts of maybe Langella needs to start off the bench maybe instead. Because he was another player who was a little bit flaky at times. Um, who I, I, you know, don't get me wrong, he was still playing well. Um, but I feel like, you know... Who, who'd you play at left wing back then? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So but don't let that sort of thought creep into his head. Under I think fatigue, and I, and I said it last time when we were talking about Burnley, I do think he gets isolated. In terms of, it seems to be you've got Hannibal on that side, but then it always seems to be, and it's nothing against Chunk or Bakuna, but it's always the weakest defensive-minded player gets left with the youngest defender. Mm. So it's always Chunk, Chunk, and Chunk's work right against Burnley was fantastic, but he kept getting left 2v1. But that was also down to Burnley playing a 3-4-3 where they were just winging push. Mm. But, you know, like Bakuna as well, you know, he's not going to think to track with Longello back. Even unless yeah. he's got someone like Troy on the pitch who's going, oi, like, yeah, yeah. like and I, I think, think we do, Troy's mm. influence on Saturday was missed, I think, in the first half. When Hogan missed that one-on-one, Troy's the first one to go up to him and go, mate, it's fine, chin up, we'll go again, go. Yeah, he's a player who needs, after watching that game against Blackburn on Saturday, he's a player who has to start every game, even if he's not going to bag us every uh, bag us a goal every single game. I feel like he's one of those people who attitude-wise, is just going to get us over the line every single time. He's going to be over the shoulder, like you say, Jamie, just sort of keeping their heads up, making sure they don't lose focus, 
um and that can be through like things through intimidation at times because you know how it is you know sometimes somebody comes up to you particularly on the football pitch and you know tells you what to do in a bit of an aggressive way it gets you focused it makes you suddenly realize i'm not performing properly at the do you moment. think that second goal goes in if troy dean is on the pitch in the uh, when 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 blackburn game uh because I think he would have bollocked them if he was on the pitch for that first goal and gone, why he's giving him that much space. It, it definitely would have woke Trusty up, I think. Because I think, I think Hannibal and Deeney both made that game winnable. Yeah, from the start. I feel like, yeah. They, they're just, players that who have so much impact, it's almost mm-hmm. can't bring them off the bench. The, the other players like um, Bakuna and Chung, I feel like are better to bring off the bench because they've got energy in them. But I also think that's when you get towards the end of the game and you're more tired, I feel like your your willingness to battle away increases, but your technical ability goes down because you're so tired. And I feel like if you work out just in any sort of way, I feel like um, after you've done like about 30 minutes, like doing some... Um, doing some weights you find that your technique goes out the window but you sort of your willingness to carry on is sort of still there it's like come on we'll power through these and get through to the end yeah. of the session i feel like that's kind of like it is with the footballers as well so like you bring bakuna and chong on they've got the feet to sort of bring the game to like a really good exciting end then so like in that burnley game it worked well because when it got to those last few minutes hall and yeah. chong they're working the ball really well and then our, our our enthusiasm for the game is getting even more. It's getting pumping. It's like, come on, we can do this now. Yeah. But I feel like start with Dini and Hannibal, end with Chung and Bakuna. And Hall, bring Hall on. And Hall, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody this, likes coming up against George Hall off the bench. Like Zach said earlier, he's such a good player off the bench. Yeah. And yeah. this kid gets better every time we see him. Yeah. I think Saturday <laughs> was good for him in terms of, I know he lost, but it's a learning experience for George Hall as well. Big one. Yeah. You know, like, agree, yeah. he's not to blame for any of the goals. It was just that kind of a game where he's like, oh. Yeah, it was one of those days, wasn't it? Just nothing seemed to click for us. Um, players didn't take the chances. It was just little, tiny little errors here. It wasn't like massive errors like we had with Boya last season where it was just sort of... I'm not backtracking because yeah. I know you're going to laugh. <laughs> I don't think it was... I am disappointed to lose, and I do think now I think more your performance, what you were saying, is right. You know, we did let some stupid, sloppy goals in. Mm. But I think what why I was happy with the performance, the more I think about it, it's like we say many times, last season we would have just rolled over. At least yeah. this season we've got that bite back to us now where we're like, mm-hmm. we're not going to sit for 2 now. We're still going to go for a mm. goal here. Mm-hmm. Last season, let's be honest, as Blues fans, if we went 2 down away from home, Alpha would just be like... Yeah, yeah. If 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 we went if we went a goal down in any game, I'd always turn around to my dad and go, "That's it, game over." When was the last time we won a game from beyond? We would never. I know we would never go a goal down and come back and win the game. In probably the eight or nine years I've been a Blues fan, before this season, I reckon I'd seen it two, three times max. It never happened. But this season, we're seeing. You're right, Jamie. We're seeing some fight from the team, and it's really nice to see. I completely agree with. Hannibal and Dini have to start and I don't blame Eustace for not doing that this weekend because I think that's something we've probably just learned off the back of this weekend we were toying between the team ourselves and the podcast who starts at Blackburn um, I think I even suggested Hogan and Chong up front which is what he did but I think we really noticed the impact Dini and Hannibal have on the game when they're not playing so 100% they start against um 
QPR. For me, Chong still starts. I think usual defence for me. Hannibal and Bielik in the midfield. Chong in behind the two strikers of Hogan Dini. I think that'd be my team. 100%. I think Chong's so much better. That's what I was saying. I like him. I just don't think he's striker ability. Yeah. I think yeah. he's so much better behind the strikers. And that's like nothing against Chong at all. And it, I feel for Bakuna really because he's having a good few games here and you don't see him getting in the team. Mm. But it's, um... it's a nice headache. Yeah, <laughs> it's not one we had last season, that's for sure. Or right. in the previous seasons. Um, so how do you line up then? Well, well Jack, uh, Zach actually, because you sort of touched on it a tiny bit there. So yeah. how would you line up? Yeah, I think the same defence as usual. Ruddy, Dean, Sanderson, Trusty, Colin Longelow, um, Bielik, Hannibal, Chong, Deanie Hogan. I think that's our strongest 11 at the moment. Mm. I think it's the 11 that will play best. It's good because we've got the, those leaders like Deanie and Dean in the team. We've got that strength and physicality in Bielik, uh, Deanie, Hannibal. Uh, we've got those attacking threats, you know, Chong for a bit of speed, even Hogan for, you know, the little bit of speed he does offer. So I think currently that is the best Blues 11 we could, we could have. Mm. No, I completely agree with you on that, actually, mm. yeah. Uh, Jamie, do you object to anything that was said there? No, I agree with 10 of them. I think if you drop Chung or you start Bakuna or Eber, I wouldn't be upset either yeah. way. They're both, you know, they both vie for that place in the starting 11. I think they're both class. And it's nice to have either one of them on the bench to bring on as well. Yeah. Imagine how annoying it would be 70 minutes of getting pressed by Birmingham City and then looking at them going, is that fucking Dave Chunk? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true, yeah. I some 37-year-old centre looking at to heave Chung warming up, you just like, oh, no, like, yeah, I none of this. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Eustace um... loves a curveball, so you never know. Tommy, yeah. we could be saying this right now, and then I look at the team lineup, and you got Jonathan Lecker and Yukovic up top, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. imagine, imagine. I'd be a bit concerned if Lecker was starting, he hasn't started all season, I'd be like. Oh, what's going on there then? I, I yeah, hope you don't listen you? to these because we pick on Lecco so much. So I've been crossy. called out for moaning about Lecco before as well, so I do apologize. Oh, yeah, yeah like we it's need all to in just... good taste, you know. We're not trying yeah. to be offensive to him. We do, yeah, not, we do love the not trying, to, not trying to find, you know, say anything about the fact that he finishes like my man. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not saying <laughs> things like that. He's, he's a, that's not helping, Jamie. He seems like <laughs> no, he, do, he genuinely seems like a nice guy when you watch him. He is, yeah, he's a lovely guy. You just, yeah. I feel yeah, like that's too. the way of sort of getting out of Twitter arguments at the moment. You just say that they're a lovely guy. Mm. And then whatever you say after that is sort of justified. No, it's the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, put the politician the answer. You tweet and then you find yeah. your robot. Softens the blow, doesn't it? <laughs> what's, your, what's your predicted lineup then, bud? No, I, I completely agree with what Zach said, actually. I'd go for Ruddy, literally that back five. The midfield of Chong, Bielik and Hannibal and then Hogan and Dini up top. I think that is... A good lineup for QPR, particularly under the lights as well at St Andrews. You know, like mm-hmm. the atmosphere was absolutely bouncing on Wednesday nights. Um, yeah, I feel like that's exactly what we can do again. I feel like we have that ability to take the game to QPR, get them a bit nervous. I don't know how many fans they'll have brought because it's a Friday night game. Try traveling up from London, it's not a very nice journey to make. Um, on Sky Sports like, as well, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so I feel yeah, like they like a, it. We're always away in London midweek to see and I fucking like it. Yeah, we've, we've got fucking a few games on like Wednesday nights away at some some down the fucking trot, don't we? I think someone said we like for the last few weeks we haven't had a single Saturday three o'clock game in a while. Yeah, I saw that as well. Mm. We haven't got one until the next world until the World Cup, have we? 
Yeah, you're right. I think our next Saturday home game at three o'clock is like January, February time. It's a, it's a long way away. Oh, no. Does anybody remember them? Was it Bournemouth and Borough? There was a 12 o'clock kickoff one that one weekend. They had the banners out and saying, like, this is ridiculous and everything. So yeah. they, they, yeah, they give they, us they the never furthest change. away games on a weekend. Like, look at Middlesbrough away. Like, are you taking them on a Wednesday? Are you taking the piss? Yeah. <laughs> fucking, like, honestly. I'm surprised they didn't go out. Oh, Blackpool away, <laughs> you can have that on Tuesday as well, boys. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, like, we have got a bit of a, a tough run till the end of the um till the World Cup. Actually, we've got Sunderland is our last game. We've got yeah, uh, Millwall and QPR as well. And they're, they're tough games. You know, they're not the greatest football teams, but in terms of like physicalness, uh, physicality, um, they, they they'll drain us out a bit. You know, so I feel like when it comes to that Sunderland game, we're gonna have to be a bit careful because, you know, going into a a big long break like we do going in with a loss or a bit of a disappointing loss maybe could be a bit crucial to our season really so I feel like we've got a soldier through to the rest of this um till the World Cup period and then when we pick it up against Blackpool and Reading then we can sort of get back into the flow a bit easier then I think the issue is as well like we need to try and wrap up the points now really because come January you know if AFC Ram boys take back Felix I'm going to be fuming because that's a big <laughs> loss for us yeah, yeah. 100%. I hope you don't have think... any blues for blue shirts, Jamie. Uh, Zach around your fucking door or anything, because I feel oh, like you get absolutely. <laughs> I know. Like, to be fair, I'm surprised the number of derby fans I've come across are actually quite. I mean, you see them yeah. in the pubs and everything you go to, but in terms of where I'm living, there's literally none about. So I should probably. Uh, they're both in the wardrobe, so I should probably oh, hang them up, shouldn't I? Yeah, keep them in there and make sure that no yeah. one sees it. <laughs> I know, oh, trust man. me, trust me. But no, fingers crossed. I think the only good thing, or the only, well, not positive, but the only good thing about if Bielik does go is we do have the backup there. Like, if we lost, if he was in the team last season, we lost someone like him, game over, we'd be screwed. But the fact we do have the likes of Bakuna, Chong, Hannibal in the team, you know, we're not we're not losing Bielik and then having to find a 19, 20-year-old from the academy to fill his place. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the only saving grace if we do lose Bielik. I would like to see more of JJ this season. Me yeah, too. Yeah, I would Me too, too. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it might be worth player. giving him a couple of games before the break, actually. Potentially. So he gets like five, ten minutes at the end of games these days. Doesn't yeah, he definitely, yeah definitely that, yeah. I definitely need to see more of him, that's for sure, even if he's mm. just bringing him off the bench. Mm-hmm. Did he, he's not played for a while, has he? Or did he come on no. against Blackburn? I can't remember now. He came on. Before. He came on against Burnley, I think. Did he? I don't remember. I fought for five minutes. I hundred percent recently. Jordan James has had five mm. ten minutes on the pitch. The one that made me laugh against Burnley is when Joe came on. Literally, they got took the goalkeeper <laughs> on a whistle. I was like, oh. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, change into your kit and put your shin pads on and your yeah. boots on for that. Yeah, I was glad Have that you had I was glad that he had more minutes against Blackburn, though. He had like the I thought he looked sharp minutes. as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. I feel like he needs to have those minutes. You know, he can't come on for the last five. He's not at that point in his career where he... He's, he's not like a 16-year-old who's coming on for the last five minutes to see how to game, is he? He's like... He's, what, 17, 16, something like that now? He's, he's mm. towards that age where it feels like give him 10 minutes, maybe. Give him 15. You know gradually move him into the team to where to where mm-hmm. like at the end of the season he's almost like a a, a constant sub within the second half and then towards the, the he's huge season. as well 
He's and he belongs to Star Wars, isn't he? Yeah, no, no, really he's, he's, he's a replica of Jude, isn't he? They look mm. the same, they act the he's same. Taller, though, isn't the way they run as well is exactly the same. Yeah. So you can it, tell it, it, it does make me look a bit... It, it makes me a little bit nervous because obviously my brother's 16. I'm looking at him and thinking, God, you better not be taller than me when I'm like... If it's any <laughs> consolation to you, Tommy, I'm the youngest and the tallest. Oh, God. The, I'm, I'm 5'8 and I'm 20. My brother's uh, 17, nearly 18, but he's he's probably taller than me these days. Yeah. I don't stand next to him anymore because I don't want to know the harsh truth yeah. of it, but I'd say he's probably taller than me. My brother's I mean, 34 I'm... and 5'6", so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. You're all right then. I mean, I I, I wouldn't mind because I'm 5'11". I wouldn't mind if he was like a, a centimetre taller than me or whatever, because then it's sort of like, oh, your brother's, uh, you look kind of the same height. But if I'm 5'11 and he's 6'2 or something, then that's just a mm. piss take. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, I deserve something for 20 years of being the older brother. But I'm looking after him, fucking screaming and shouting at every fucking bad challenge that goes yeah. in, you know. <laughs> Genuinely, um, when, when Derby equalised last season, he was absolutely infuriated. Like, I've the, never the, seen eight, like the away the from the over a kick, yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah, go yeah, mad yeah. and that that um, fan runs across the pitch and starts having a go at us. He's honestly he's running down the stairs. I have to turn the camera off at one point because I'm genuinely trying to hold him back from running down the stairs and having a ro- actually running on the pitch and assaulting the guy. He was I literally think, so I do think that Derby game, though, I think Karma bit us on the ass because we did that to Derby a few years ago, didn't we? We were 2 0 down the 90th minute and he Yeah, we were. Yeah, That's a good yeah, point. Yeah. That so I think yeah. Karma bit us clean there last yeah. time. <laughs> And that what? was Felix's first game back for Derby for months, mm-hmm. I think. So oh, it was always going to happen, wasn't it? What's your score predictions for QPR then, boys? I like I've said, I think we're going to win. Oh, no, no, actually, I haven't given it some force. I feel like a point would be good. I I, I saw we were talking about this a little bit earlier, saying a one-one would be good. But I'm not too sure. I mean, like I, I've not watched much of QPR this season. I don't really know what to expect from them. Um, so I, I, I'd stick with 1-1 at the moment, but it might change um, depending on how much I look up QPR in the next few days. Um, and as well for the team that we start, obviously, because my prediction can change a few minutes before, really, kickoff. And I feel like it depends on what team. I feel like if we go for the team that me and Zach have been suggesting, I feel like we're in for a chance of nicking it, maybe. Um, and of course, if we absolutely shit out it and win 3-0, then it's absolutely all over the moon and, you know, um, but I'd be happy with a 1-1, that's for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. I think 1-1 as well. You ready for you ready for the weekly round of Jamie's knobhead predictions? Also, Harley Dean's scoring. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 2-1 Blues. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put Longello to score at any point. Oh, okay. go on. Yeah, that's, that's a uh, That can feature in on the vlog with a little... Do you want me to do it again? A little photo of you holding your... I, I could see a long glow assist for sure. I could see him assisting because he does put some good crosses into the box. Mm. He reminds me of Graham. He does them from deep as well. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. Like three out of ten of Graham's crosses are actually successful, but Longelow's more like three out of five, I'd say. But mm. he, he crosses from deep like Graham as well. And I really like he did that for the Juki chance, the diving header in like the last minute. So I could I could hundred percent see a long yellow assisting. Scoring as well, you know, he does get forward and does get into the box, doesn't he? So on that note, I'd like I'd like to retract my statement from three weeks ago where I said Jordan Graham can cross the ball really well because he was fucking dreadful <laughs> at whipping that ball in against Blackburn. Oh. He's 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 not been himself recently. It was before the uh the sort of good war during the 
he used to sort of put him out of favour, didn't he? And before that, I remember there was a few games. There was one home game in particular where it was just, oh, I can't remember who it was against. It wasn't that long ago. But... His best position for us is left wing back if he's going to play. But Longello's there, but... Because he seems to do better when he's cutting in and crossing in. When he's mm. just trying to do a strike crossing his right foot, it just goes out of play or straight at the keeper. I'm like, yeah, that might yeah. be something for him to consider, actually, because those chances, those three, those two crosses that he had against Blackburn on the weekend were absolutely abysmal. And like everyone in the box at that point, you've got literally yeah. Harley, Duke, I wouldn't Dini. even consider running at them, you know, when he's got the ball in those wide areas, it. particularly who's in the box, just put it in there. Don't even... It's halfway long, just send yeah, the ball exactly, in. Yeah, exactly, yeah. All the way in, just... What did Thierry Henry used to say, didn't they? Thierry Henry used to say, look, you, all I have to do is put the ball in, in the right place. If they don't get on it, that is their fault. Yeah, if I put the ball in the centre of the That's what De Bruyne does for City. The yeah. mm. doesn't look half time, he's just not Ireland yeah. somewhere there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always that spot, and I really appreciate that with some players because, particularly from playing in experience, when players just do things that you know is in an area, I always hate it when these players used to play to you because it would either be too fast at you or it would be too slow, so you have to stretch for it and then try and get at it. But if they just put it into an area where you should be. It's like what Jordan Grant should have done on the weekend. Puts it into the box. Anything can happen mm-hmm. then. Dion was doing it. Dion was the one doing it on Saturday. And yeah, Dion was picking up the ball edge of the like, edge of the halfway line. Just going, oh, fuck it, whip it in. And he was just sending the ball in. Got nothing. Who <laughs> put the ball in for... Is it Dini who put the ball in for Duke? I think so. Because mm. he nods it down and then Hogan scores, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, we need to try stuff like that. We do. We need to. We need to get some creative ideas. Because I like the lovely football, but I like the fact that we need to. We can be ugly when we've got to be ugly now as well. Yeah, exactly. There's changing of uh, style and everything. You know, the the George Hall uh, cross for Hogan wasn't very conventional. You know, we we tried something different. We tried to work it into the box, like a sort of drilled pass in towards the box. You know, that was a smart idea. Little R one X on FIFA. I got it. You do what? <laughs> little R1 and X on FIFA, little oh, draw pass. Sorted. Straight into your Erling Haaland. You know FIFA it. 12, that <laughs> ball was the best football to ever do, honestly. Yeah. Just R1, X. Because you won them rats who had Doombia up front probably yeah. as well, with a barbo <laughs> running off in that. Doombia and Javinho. Javinho as well, yeah. <laughs> Was it Dumbia and Javinho and they had a barbo in the same team? And yeah, it was just they all like, played Roma, Roma that Roma season. That just, Disgusting. <laughs> that shouldn't have been allowed. That was disgraceful. Unreal. I think it was like 93, 94, and 92 pace. Yeah. Oh my god, that honestly. Criminal. I remember I remember getting them all for the first time. Right winger Barbo, striker Dumbia, left wing Javinia. I won about 15 of my first online games with them. Yeah. Just, oh, so much fun. It was just... like now though, so FIFA's terrible. Anyway, let's not talk <laughs> about that because I've can't stand the sight of it anymore. I was playing an <laughs> Ipswich career mode with my brother the other day. We won about, we got them back into the championship and it all fell apart from there. It's oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll round the podcast off there, guys. Um, it's been an interesting chat talking about how we can improve. And it's been interesting to see like how we don't really talk about the sort of like the conventional things about the game as well. It's interesting to talk about how we can change our crossing ability. Which, you know, it's, it's interesting to talk about, isn't it? So it's been a, another very good chat with you boys. Um, it's been very interesting to get your thoughts, pick your brains on certain things and talk to you about uh, getting a potential Djokovic Memorial game as well. That's something to consider. That Genuinely, I do think that's something to consider. Um, so, yeah, um, it's been another Blues Focus Podcast edition, uh, Series 3, Episode 10, I believe this is. 
Um, we'll be back after the QPR game. Imagine it will be on Sunday. That one will be out because that's a Friday night game. Um, so yeah, I uh, hope you've enjoyed. Uh, leave your comments down below and uh, get the conversation going. Uh, whether you agree, whether you disagree with what we've been talking about, be sure to subscribe to the channel and uh, follow us on Spotify or whatever it is. I think it's follow or share or one of the things. I need to find that out. So I've done that a couple of times at the end of this podcast now. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for watching and keep right on. Keep right on. Keep right on. Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go. Your mates are already booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.